power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Just close your eyes, be not praying the spirit, just lift up your voice. Somebody get into the spirit right now. Somebody lift up your voice, enter the realm of the spirit right now. Come on, lift up your voice, lift up your voice. Come on, lift up your voice and pray, lift up your voice. Shed every heaviness upon your spirit right now. Come on, lift up your voice, lift up your voice, lift up your voice. Come on, just pray. The Bible says he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Come on, lift up your voice, lift up your voice. Somebody get ready to enter the glory cloud this morning. Get ready to experience the Shekinah glory of God. Get ready to receive the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords into your situation right now. The Bible says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. To edify means to build, to edify means to construct. You are constructing some things in the spirit right now. The broken walls of your life are being reconstructed. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Rakato, the great I am. The one who dwells in the unapproachable light. The one who has heaven as his throne and the earth as his footstool. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare the heavens open. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If your hands are yours, put them together for the Lord. And if your voice is not borrowed or high, give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. You may take your seats. How many of you are happy to be in church today? It's a good thing to be in church. Hallelujah. And how many of you are ready for the word today? All right. Today I'm going to preach to you a very, very simple message. But it will help you. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's a very, very, very simple instruction from the word of God. But it is going to help you. Some of the things I'll say may offend you. But that is my duty as your pastor to offend you from time to time. Hallelujah. If you're a preacher and you don't offend people with your message, you're a motivational speaker. And I am not a motivational speaker. Hallelujah. I am a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, a fire-branded preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. So some of the things I'll say will offend you, but take it as medicine. As therapy when you are receiving injection it's painful but it helps you hallelujah yeah today I want to speak to you on what I've entitled how to behave in church hallelujah uh-huh. it's not high falutin and deep like that but it is very 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 beneficial how to behave in church somebody say how to behave in church Tell somebody there is a way to behave in church. Hallelujah. Yeah. This is a message that will benefit everybody, whether you are here with us or you are watching online. If you are watching online, it means you, you have a church somewhere you are attending. This message will help you. Amen. Let's look at First Timothy. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. Let's see what the Bible says in First Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. And this is the Apostle Paul speaking. He said, but if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. I'll take it again. So this is Apostle Paul speaking. He said, but if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God. So, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. Let me see how the NLT puts it. It says, so that if I am delayed, you will know how people must conduct themselves in the household of God. This is the church of the living God, not somebody's property, not somebody's investment. It says, this is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and foundation of the truth. Hallelujah. So from this scripture, we can see clearly that there is a way to behave in church. There is a way to conduct yourself in church. Hallelujah. So I'm going to take it in three forms or in three sessions. Before church, during church, and after church. Hallelujah. How do you behave? What do you do before church, during church, and then after church? Hallelujah. Yeah, so let's start with before church. 
How many of you can honestly say you prayed into today's service? I'm not talking about the opening prayer that we did. I'm not talking about opening prayer, but on your own, you prayed to God about today's meeting. Oh, genuinely, this one, we're in the house of God. So if it's Old Testament, if you raise your hand and it is some lightning. Somebody said, the lightning that God is going to strike you with is doing press-ups. Gaining more momentum and uh-huh. so you realize that out of hundreds of people here, just less than 10 people invested time to pray into the meeting. But if assuming the praise person came to do some bad praise or the worship was bad, or today I don't preach well. So, mm, that's what today the pastor. <laughs> it's like you had a little tired. But what you were supposed to do, you didn't do. You see, for most people, coming to church has become a religious chore. It's like, oh, it's Sunday. And Sunday, on Sundays, we are supposed to come to church. So, you, you come to church, you don't prepare yourself, you don't prepare your heart, you don't prepare your mind. You see, the one who prepares, you all live here, but the one, the one who prepares their mind, prepares their spirit, and comes with an expectation, will definitely receive more. Hallelujah. Yeah. So one of the things you must do before coming for any service is to invest prayer. I'm not talking about if you've spent two hours praying to the meetings, it's good. But you don't need two hours of prayer into the meeting. Hallelujah. Yeah. Pray for those who are going to minister from the instrumentalist to the technical people to the preacher to the worship leader to the praise leader. Everybody commit them into God's hands. And then you ask God that God meet me at the point of my need today. Are we repenting already? Am I dialing your numbers already? Yeah. We don't we don't pray into the service. We just walk into the service here. My boss, sorry, I've, I've come. That's the mentality we will come to church. But from now we must start investing prayer into our church services. Yeah, you must invest prayer. So that is number one. Number two. Come on time. Hallelujah. Number two. Come on time. You see, a lot of people think opening prayer is not really part of the service. It's like, me bomi word namenko. They are coming here because of the word. You know, we determine whether church was nice or not by what came out of the pulpit most of the time. But the thing is a whole package. Hallelujah. I've told you time and again that the most important part of the service to God is not what I'm doing now. I can't dial God's number. I can't preach to change God. He's the unchangeable changer. You, you can't change it. So what I'm doing now is not important to God. But what we did before I came on, when we were praising, when we were worshiping, that is what God is interested in. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. You see, praise, worship, song, ministration, they are so important to God. They are so important to God. What I'm doing here won't do anything to him. It is important for you, but for him, it doesn't change him. You see, in the Bible, most of the time when people pray, God sends down angels. 
when we praise and we worship God himself comes down it should tell you the power of praise and the power of worship angels are released angels but when it is praise when it is worship God himself comes down that is why I say look you can't just wake up from somewhere and come and lead us in praise you can't just wake up from somewhere and come and lead us in worship you must prepare your heart and prepare your spirit because you are ministering not only to men but to God himself as well if a preacher will fast and pray to come and preach to you then you the praise and worship leader you must fast and pray double because you are, you, are, you, are, you are ministering both to men and you are ministering to God as well. Your worship and your praise can cause God to rise from his seat. My preaching, no matter how powerful it is, is you who rise from your seat and say preach. God will not get up because I'm preaching. Hallelujah. You evacuate God from his throne. You literally force him to disengage himself from his throne when you lift up worship and when you lift up prayer so every part of the service is important opening prayer is important praise and worship is important it's not just about the word it's not just about the word so you must come on time hallelujah look at the one next to you and tell the person come to church on time say it again come to church on time hallelujah you know the reasons why people come to church late it's because they believe others too will be late. It is an African demon. An African mentality. Oh, we believe, uh, why should I be the first? Meanwhile, if they were sharing money, <laughs> you want to get there first. If you had an appointment, with President Nana Kufuado, who had been given the honor to be in his presence. And they said the meeting is at 7.30. That day, you'll be delivered from that demon. Your, your Africanness will disappear. You will get there one hour before time because you respect him, you honor him, he's your president. You can see him with your eyes. You, you can attest to the glory around him because when he's coming, he has an entourage. Because he comes with a motorcade, popping, popping. He comes with a nice V8 or some nice stretch limousine or something like that. You can behold the glory with which he comes. But when you have an appointment with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords himself, because you are not spiritual enough to perceive that the glory God comes with into the meeting is bigger than what the president can ever have. If God should open your eyes to see the entourage with which he came into this meeting with, your attitude will change. Your attitude will change. If God should just give us a glimpse of his entourage, and he says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in their midst. That means as soon as two gather, Jesus comes, and you want the king of kings and the lord of lords to come and wait for you. Want him to come and sit with his entourage and wait for you, the king of kings, to walk in with in all your majesty and in all your glory. I pray that we shall repent in the name of Jesus. We don't do that when it comes to lectures at school. When it comes to going to work, we want to be there on time because you have to clock in and sign the time that you came. If you're a nurse, your matron will query you. Hey, why didn't you come to this? this? 
okay, your off day for this week, you will not have it. But because we don't see God, He's not holding a king. We treat God anyhow. I pray that we repent from this, this habit of, of being in church late. And for most people, it's like the lateness, it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. It will get to a time, by the time you come, we are doing benediction, we'll call you, come and give us. You come and bless us and go. Come and bless us and go. It's because we believe everyone else will be late. Two. Even when we want to be on time, we don't plan to be on time. There are two different things. Wanting to be on time is one thing. And planning to be on time is another. Planning to be on time means you know when you are supposed to wake up. You have an idea how long it will take you to move from your place of residence to church. So you factor all of that into the planning. If it means ironing your clothes the night before, you have to do it. Hallelujah. If it means setting an alarm, there are some people, alarm, they are immune to alarm clocks. You can put 10 alarm clocks, they will never wake up. You must repent. Hallelujah. Well, listen to Wednesday's sermon on don't be lazy. One of the characteristics of lazy people is that they love, they, they enjoy sleep more than the average person. When they sleep, they enjoy it. They love it. So waking up is difficult. Hmm? There's a scripture that compares the way the, the lazy man turns in bed to the hinge of a door. So the way the hinge of the door just turns like that. They'll be turning and enjoying the oh, and enjoying the sleep like that. Come to church on time. If you're in a ministry and you're supposed to have a meeting, be there on time. If they say come for choir practice, be there on time. If they say prayer meeting, be there on time. Hallelujah. This thing about African time and whatever, whatever it must start changing from the church. Must start changing from the church. So one, pray into the meeting. Two, be in church on time. Three, we are still on before church. Be regular in church. Be regular in church. Some people, give me Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Hebrews 10, 25. Give me NLT for that. Hebrews 10, 25. This scripture is one of the scriptures pastors quote the most. But it talks about the fact that we should not forsake. Mm -hmm. He said, and let us not neglect our meeting together. So our meeting together like this one. As some people, say some people, do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. They spoke about this thing 2,000 years ago. And they were talking as if the second coming of Christ was tomorrow. We are 2,000 years closer. Convert 2,000 years into days. That is multiply 2,000 by 365. And you see how much closer we are to the day that they were talking about. But we behave as if Christ will never come. Hallelujah. It said, do not forsake the gathering of the brethren. Don't forsake it. The same Bible that says don't fornicate. The same Bible that said don't commit adultery. 
The same Bible that said, don't murder. The same Bible that said, don't convert your neighbor's goods and your neighbor's wife. Says, do not forsake the gathering of the brethren. That means, coming to church is compulsory for a believer. It's not optional. It is not optional. You have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. In fact, if there's midweek, Wednesday too. It's also for God. Sunday, dedicated to God. It's a day for God. That's not a day to decide that early morning I'm going to play PlayStation. Sony PlayStation. Or there's some watch it joint somewhere. It is only Sunday morning that your appetite for watching comes. It's a demonic appetite. Satanic appetite. Only Sunday morning. If you have a friend who only comes to visit you on Sunday morning, this is somebody you don't need in your life. The person doesn't love God. The person doesn't respect God. Such people are Jonas in your life. You must throw them out of your boat. Otherwise, your boat will never reach its destination. We must be regular in church. This thing about being in church today and tomorrow you are not in church, it is not acceptable. Biblically, it is not acceptable. It's not acceptable. Pastors don't preach this thing because we want your offering. How much do you even give for the offering? Yourself, you know. <laughs> How much do you give for the offering? It's because it is our responsibility to tell you the truth. The Bible says not many of you should be teachers. Because you shall receive the stricter judgment. Me, I've accepted. That my judgment will be strict. So if I'm teaching, you have to teach you and teach you well. I have to teach you well. Today, remove it from your mind that coming to church is optional. It is not optional for a Christian. It is not. You've seen it clearly in the scripture. Don't neglect the gathering together of the brethren. You must come to church. This thing where we organize everything in our secular life and then we organize our spiritual life around our secular life it is a wrong thing and it must be the other way around your spiritual life and your relationship with God must come first then after that you organize every other thing around it that is how it's supposed to be If you are a Christian and you have been put at a workplace where on Sunday too you work, fine. But you see, there are some things and you must make your stance known from the beginning. When they are drawing the time table, you let them know that as for me, Sunday, I can't compromise on Sunday. I need to be in church on Sunday. So however you are going to draw the timetable such that I can go to church and come, do it. And those who push and force for these things, they are able to get it. They are able to get it. You know what I'm talking about. When you make it know from the beginning, me, I am a church person. But we sit and we accept anything that is thrown at us because deep inside us we feel like coming to church is optional. Let me tell you, your coming to church is more important to your destiny and eternity than going to school or going to, to, to work. I'm telling you. I'm telling you the truth. Look, we are going to school to obtain a degree. Whose value will expire the day you die? But you are coming to church to receive life and words of life that you can cross the barrier between life and eternity. You can cross into eternity with it. What is this life? 70 years plus or minus. And you are trading it for eternity 
which is thousands, millions, billions of years, forever and ever and ever and ever. Bad investors we are. Investing all our energy on things that will not cross that barrier between life and eternity with us. Our minds must start changing. This sinusoidal thing. When we attend church as if we are doing the pastor a favor. You are not doing me a favor. If you attend here, I will even be motivated to preach more. I, I've traveled with Alpha. We've gone for a program and oh, the people are like, oh, this is, oh, the people, we're expecting thousand people. You go and you know that it's angels that are sitting there. Not The majority of the people are angels. Sometimes they're worried for me that, hey, Oh, that, those are the days rather that I fire like I'm in a grassball stadium. So I, I, I don't need your, your presence to motivate me to preach at all. But it is for your own good. It is for your own good. When you come to church, something is added to you. I told you in the sermon when I said, when I preach on let's go to church, I told you Jesus is obliged by his own words. When he said, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there in their midst to be in church when we come he doesn't have that obligation to come to your room the Holy Spirit is there he doesn't have that obligation to walk into your room the only place you are guaranteed that Jesus is is when we gather like this in his name and he doesn't come to receive ministration he comes to minister to people he comes to meet people at the point of their needs he comes to heal people and as we are talking right now he's here he is touching people He's giving people peace. He's giving people ideas. He's opening people's minds to understand the scriptures. There is no place like being in the presence of God. He doesn't come to, 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 to be ministered to. He's ministering to people right now. He doesn't just come to sit for the sake of sitting. When he appeared to his disciples after he died, he said, Peace be unto you. He ministered peace unto them because they needed peace at that particular point in time. I don't know what you need at this particular point in time. It may be an encouragement. May Jesus minister encouragement unto you. It may be peace that you need. May Jesus minister peace unto you. It may be deliverance you need. May Jesus minister deliverance unto you. It may be healing, emotional healing, physical healing that you need. May Jesus minister healing unto you. He's here. Not just for the show of it. But to touch lives. To change lives. To transform lives. To help bring people's dreams, aspirations and visions in life to come to pass. That is why he's in our midst. You can't be missing church like that. You can't be missing church like that. Be regular in church. Come to church next week too. Next two weeks to come to church. Hallelujah. Those who are not saying amen, you are suspect. I say hallelujah. Suspects. When I'm closing, I'll close with a certain scripture. You will see yourself inside. Decide which one you want to be. You see, as I said, every minute of your life you are fulfilling scripture. But which scripture are you fulfilling? Which scripture? So three things Pray into the service Two, come on time Three, be regular in church Know from today that church is not optional It is not right to be sleeping in your room on Sunday Stretching your legs and 
thank God it's Sunday. For Sunday, go to church and come on time. This service that we start at nine o'clock is going to change soon. We did it at nine because when the whole COVID thing started, we, we had to register. So it's going to be earlier than nine. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Amen. It's going to be earlier than that. And so that we can finish on time, we can go and do other things too. No be so. Yeah. So your waking up pattern must be revised. Mm, the pastorate will decide on a new time. We have a meeting this evening. We decide on it and then we release the new time. Hallelujah. Yes. So if it will mean waking up one hour earlier, you have to wake up one hour earlier so you can be on time in church. So now during the service, one, come to church decently dressed. I said come to church what? Decently dressed. At least here we don't have that kind of problem. But you see, sometimes I need to what do you call it? Immunize you, vaccinate you against future infections. Dressing by heart. And let me tell you, when we talk about dressing properly or or improper dressing. It includes underdressing. Underdressing. Where you dress like there wasn't enough material to sew your clothes. Or your seamstress lost some of the material. Maybe you're right. Amen. Some people you see them and you are like, where is the rest of your dress? Where's the rest of your dress? So you come to church and you are ministering all sorts of things to the gentleman. Yeah, lo and behold. <laughs> lo and behold. supposed to be hidden it's true that the bible says everything that is hidden shall be revealed but it is not this kind of thing things that are supposed to be hidden and you are displaying to the whole world and the gentleman sitting next to you can't worship god when they close and say Give five people a hug. All the gentlemen are coming to you. <laughs> because of you, the whole service, some gentlemen were waiting for give somebody a hug. You need to sit in the corner and you are there. They will run. Come to you. Oh, sister. <laughs> Dress properly and addressing. Or you come to church in Charlie If Charlie is what you have, it is acceptable. It is fine. You reserve the better shadows to parties and you know, you take selfie, put it on your status. But when it comes to church, oh, let me just take anything just as I am. Come just as you are. 
Don't just come anyhow. <laughs> you see, the fact that you have underdressed doesn't mean God will touch you less. But you see, even in our culture, how well you dress is directly proportional to how serious you've taken the meeting. How important the place is. That is why in Ghana we dress well on Sunday morning because we respect God and we believe church is an important place. I told you, if you had a meeting with the president, you go and show new going to the president to Flagstaff house. But this one, you are going to the throne room of God. <laughs> and you can just wear anything. No, that's for God. He won't discriminate. He won't say, oh, because you are not. But it, it tells the heart with which you are coming. It tells the heart with which you are coming. That you don't revere where you are going. You don't see it as important in your life. If you are going for an interview, will you dress like that? For an important job? Would you dress like that? Underdressing. And then there is overdressing. Hallelujah. Very soon I'll be starting the, the series on the Christian in the modern world. And one of the things I'll deal with is the Christian and fashion. Some of the things in the Bible that they said women shouldn't do and things like that is because some of the people were overdoing it. Some of the hairstyles eh, when somebody sits in front with that hairstyle, like five people cannot see the stage. Their view is completely blocked. And instead of people concentrating on what is going on, all the there are certain things that naturally attract attention. So we'll go into some of those things. They talked about certain hairstyles and stuff like that. There's a scripture that even said women shouldn't braid their hair, but I'll explain it. You can braid your hair. Hallelujah. It's okay to bring it. I will explain that scripture for you. I'll deal with the Christian in the modern world. Overdressing. Come and leave simple prayer meeting on the back. And you wear three-piece suit. <laughs> or you go and wear cloth like Nana something, 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 something. There's 12. And you are coming in all your glory. Overdressing on the park. Oh, me, I, I, I saw some someday. Be our shop. Simple school times, students' prayer meeting, and some guy, kind of a mini meeting. Like, you know, people, there are people who want slots. Like, when you're slot, you know, Charlie, I mean, JJ, I A guy went to shine his shoe, went to cut his hair. And wore a three-piece suit and had a very fat Bible under his armpit. He was just waiting to be introduced. God. That day, the meeting that was supposed to be one hour, he spoke for like two hours. Just every revelation he has had, he has to pour it on that pack before leaving. Overdress. You need to measure the meeting and know how you dress for it. Hallelujah. We are going to Kuvuki. And then you come <laughs> like that. <laughs> that was there. We are sorry. <laughs> that means the message is working. 
you must dress properly hallelujah when we come to church we mustn't loiter around you see your phone must be put somewhere on silent or completely off some people just go out and go and talk and come when you ask them what 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 did they preach oh the pastor he preached he preached he preached he preached what did he preach he preached I said he preached you can't make head and tail of anything that went on because you kept receiving calls in and out a lot of churches you go and they write phones off because this is a time for God you concentrate if it's two hours concentrate on God and receive what you are supposed to receive hallelujah around in and out unless you are doing something some people they are not functionaries so they are not ushers they are not but they just cannot sit down they are just they'll go and go and stand outside small and find themselves just and come out they are just restless it's demonic in church when you are sitting by them and the preaching is good that's when they want to chat with you hey this is your hairstyle who did it for you hey this is your phone grab the camera how many megapixels is it witches and wizards in our midst who don't want us to receive from God witches come to church witches they come to church they can sing they can even preach Distraction, distraction. You know, there are times eh, in the sermon, all you need is one line that is for you. It's just that one line. They'll make sure you miss it. And you too, they know you won't go and listen to the sermon again. So you've missed it forever. I'll come to going to listen to the sermon. And when I get there, to, I'll ask how many of you have listened to Wednesday's sermon or even last week's sermon again? It's on Facebook. People who are not members of this church have been listening and liking and watching and church members, oh, we've come to church. So it is fine. May, may you repent. Hallelujah. Don't loiter around. It's like be serious. For the two, three hours that you are in church, be serious. Let the phone be somewhere. It's not like you're expecting some serious business call that even bring money. Nothing. It's just unnecessary high. This that that that. Or you have put something up on Facebook and you're looking at who are liking it. Or your status. You want to see who has commented on your status. Nothing helpful. It's different if you are watching online too and you are commenting and making the thing interesting online. It's a different thing altogether. But anything else, it's not worth it. Concentrate and make maximum use. You don't know that split second that is supposed to be your moment in the church service. So don't loiter about concentrate fully in church. The next one is that participate fully in whatever is done. And the key word is fully. Fully. If it is worship, participate fully. You can be here and we are worshiping and you are just singing and not worshiping. Worshiping is not just singing. 
You can just be singing. There are some people, you don't need them even sitting by you during service because they are a discouragement. When you are worshipping, they look at you like, Hey. Yeah, you are the spiritual people. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I worship God in my heart. So as we are singing you there, you are there like that. Don't realize you are dozing. Mm. About to sleep. Some people can look at you. And you are forced to examine yourself to see whether you are doing something wrong. The Bible says, examine yourself to see whether you are still in the faith. Like, am I doing something wrong? Look at you some way. But you see, worship and praise has many dimensions. It's not just the singing. It's not just the singing. There are different dimensions. Some people don't understand why people will lift up their hands during worship. It's in the Bible. Or lift up their hands during praise. It's in the Bible. Actually, the word praise, there are seven dimensions of the word praise. Okay? One of them is, is toda. Toda. We have yada. Yada is lifting up of hands. Yada. Yada doesn't mean we are sleeping. <laughs> yada. It's not yada. It's yada. It is Hebrew. It means lifting up of hands. So that means some of the words for praise in the Bible actually meant praising God by lifting up your hands. So it is okay to lift up your hands. Don't look at the one seated next to you who is behaving as if he has joints, arthritis, and they can't lift up their hands. When you feel like it, feel free and lift up your hands. Hallelujah. Don't be intimidated by anybody. When the word is entering you, you can feel free to lift up your hands and receive it. It is part of you. Look, let's 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 get away from the spirit of religion. There are a lot of Christians who are victims of the spirit of religion. Christianity is not a religion. No. See, religion is a set of do's, don'ts, a way to do this, blah blah blah, and things like that. Christianity is not like that. When you come to the house of God, you are supposed to feel free. You are not supposed to be intimidated by anybody. Human beings who are sitting in metal chairs, don't allow them to intimidate you. Focus on the one who dwells in an unapproachable light. The one who has heaven as his throne and the earth as his foot. He sits upon the circles of the earth. Such a glorious being and you can be distracted from him and be intimidated by somebody who is sitting on foot. I mean, when I come to church, I leave my glory outside. I leave my glory outside. People come to church with their glory. They are too glorious and too respectable. When a worship is nice and tears want to come from your eyes, go, mm-hmm, me to cry. No. Make up nobody in ding ding way. You want me to cry and then the thing will draw a line on my face. I won't do. They close their hearts. And, uh, I see some of us, we don't care. Hallelujah. We are before the throne of God. God's glory far outshines whatever glory and whatever respect you came to church with. 
Greek word for worship is proskonio. It means to prostrate, to lie flat. That means it's okay to lie flat on your stomach during worship. Lie flat. It's a way of saying, God, in front of you, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. Prosconium. It means to prostrate. It also means to kiss. K-I-S-S. Don't go to your beloved and say, let me prosconium you. <laughs> because it's in the Bible. Don't be a wizard. You may prosconium your wife. <laughs> to life life. Yeah, that means to lift up your hands. There is the barak, which means to, to kneel. So it's part of worship. You can kneel down when you are worshiping God. And then we have zama. Zama is to worship God with instruments. Instruments. They play. One of these, we have to get a kunga in this house. Kudung, 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 like that, you know. Uh, I was discussing with Pastor Alfa this week. We shall get a kunga in this house. Some people came to ask me, can we get tambourines? I said, get tambourines. So you see the tambourines in the church. We need everything to praise God. All instruments, everything possible. Praise God. If you can invent one, can I invent it and make sure it's correct. And then halal. And then we have tehila. With tehila, you make melodies unto God. You see, with tehila, you know sometimes people just make songs on the spot. It's like the, the spirit just brings some words. Sometimes it's in the spirit. Sometimes it's in the understanding. You are tehillah. All of these things are, are accepted. And then we have shabak, which means to shout. Come on, give the Lord a shabak in this place. Hallelujah. We don't know what power there is in shouting. It sounds like it's noise disturbance yes it's disturbance in the kingdom of darkness and in places where things are being plotted against you if lepers were walking and their footsteps were amplified such that a whole army froze because they thought it was an entire army coming to attack them when you shout in the spirit If your voice is yours and your voice is not borrowed and your voice is not higher with the instruments and with your voice, give the Lord a shout of prayer. Let God arise and let the enemies be scattered. Thou, O Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory and the lifter up of my head. a lot of power in shouting shouting during praise shouting during worship shouting during the preaching of the word and if you believe that God is about to transform your life and you believe that something is about to happen and you believe that you are on the verge of something great lift up your voice and give the Lord a shout of praise Hallelujah. Feel free and shout. 
be intimidated by anybody. Sometimes those people who are behaving gently, maybe they have not experienced the joy that you are experiencing. Maybe they don't love God the way you love God. Maybe their heart is not panting for God like the deer panted for the waterproof. So they can freeze there and be there in their glory. But when we have to shout, we will shout. We will shout without fear. We will shout without favor. We will shout without intimidation. We will shout without consideration. And if your voice is yours today, lift up your voice and give the Lord a shout of praise. Sometimes we shout, people think we are making noise. But they don't know the things that are happening in the realm of the spirit. There was one fire rally in the night. Saturday night. Imparta- you know the impartation service goes a little deep. And I felt like leading the people to shout. My natural mind was like, look, there are words and things around. People are sleeping. But I ignored it and I led the people to shout. The following day, somebody came and gave a testimony. His wife had been brought to the maternity block. She was delivering somewhere and the thing was difficult and she was referred to the maternity ward. And she needed, a, what do you call it, a caesarean session, a, 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 an emergency caesarean session. On the table, she had a cardiac arrest. Her heart stopped beating and they started resuscitating. They were resuscitating, resuscitating and the senior most person was about to say, it is fine, we've tried our best, let the person go. And at that moment, a piercing shout entered the theater room. And as a shout entered, this woman whose heart was not beating, this woman whose pulse was zero, this woman whose EKG wasn't reading, suddenly rose up and sat up on the oppression bed. Today, as you shout, let anything that is dead in your life come back alive. If the spirit of he who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, let that same spirit quicken your mortal bodies as you shout where you are behind. May the Lord bring you ahead because he said you shall be the head and not the tail. You shall be the first and not the last. Receive divine acceleration. Receive revival. Receive an acceleration of anything that has stopped in your life. If you believe that is your portion, lift up your voice and give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. The shout entered the theater and suddenly the woman got up and sat down. They say we are making noise. It is not noise. Shouting is not a charismatic thing. Shouting is not a Pentecostal thing. Shouting is one of the weapons of our warfare that are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold. Sometimes we are too gentle when we come to church. We respect ourselves too much. These are things that are in the Bible. There are things that are in the Bible. There are things that are meant for us to use. 
Sometimes the devil is defeating us in our lives and our, and our work and we don't understand. It's because we have tools we are not using. Some people have been shy to speak in tongues. So what is I'm doing is chasing demons out of my life. I'm doing is reconstructing the broken walls of my life. The Bible says he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. To edify means to build, to edify means to construct that broken heart of yours. If you just go into speaking in tongues, if you just go into blowing in the language of the spirit, a reconstruction is going to take place. when you speak in an unknown talk you speak mysteries you are interceding for things you don't even know about maybe your mother is even about to have an accident thank god pastor Ernest gave a testimony today i've had my own personal testimonies near death situations but when i switch into the language of the spirit Masinde katora bose, shele bara baba baba bayaka, masata kate, leba kito sata, shale baba 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 shuta kataka. Then angels begin to move. That angels are dispatched. That angels begin to take their place. That angels begin to pull out their flaming swords. Then angels begin to fight the enemy. Then lightnings begin to take place in the camp of the enemy. Then the ground on which the enemy is standing begins to quake with the fear of God. I pray in the name of Jesus that as you lift up your voice and you pray in the spirit, let situations that have gone against you be turned around in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy. For when I fall, I shall rise again. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Hey, Rakosa. Hey, Atosa. Hey, Kalose. You may not understand what you are saying, but in the spirit, you are speaking mysteries. We go to I love to pray in the spirit. I am not ashamed of praying in tongues. When you pray in tongues, you are constructing your future. That business idea, you are constructing it. That ministry, you are constructing it. You are constructing your success in that exam. Hey! Human beings can walk around and smoke in public. And smoke is coming out of their noses and coming out of their mouths and they are not shy why should I be shy of a heavenly language why should I be shy of something that can change my future why should I be shy of something that can construct my life and I don't need a church building to pray in the spirit when I'm in my car if it is a 40 minute journey by the time I'm done I would have constructed 40 things in the spirit 
I would have changed 40 plans of the enemy. I would have set myself 40 years ahead of my time. If you believe that is your portion and that as you speak in tongues, things are happening in the spirit. Give the Lord a shout of praise. I will speak in tongues in the morning. I will speak at dawn. I will speak in the afternoon. I will speak it in the evening. Sometimes when people are there cry, you must create a cocoon around yourself. Sometimes when you see somebody praying in a certain way, you don't know what is chasing the person. You don't know what the person is going through. They sit there and judge the person. Hey, hey, hey. Are you the only spiritual person? And you are disturbing us. I'm disturbing you. Close your ears. Leave the place. Find somewhere to pass. Find somewhere to pass. I can sit and watch a 90 minute game, football, and I would have prayed in tongues for 90 minutes. Paul was never a boastful person, but when he came to speak in tongues, he said, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. What do you think was the, the, the secret of the revelation Paul had? What do you think was the secret of the anointing, the healings, the deliverances, the teaching ability, the manifestation of the giftings of the Spirit in his life? The secret was praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. Praying in tongues has saved my life before. Three Thai bests in one night. Stopped because when I was about to sit in the first car, I felt a prompting in my spirit and I switched into the language of the spirit. I prayed and agonized in the spirit until I began to feel a release. And I knew that whatever the enemy was planning had been aborted. So in the midst of accidents, in the midst of tight beds, I was smiling. Because I knew the work had already been done. It was already finished. The enemy had been defeated and his plans had been destroyed. His plans had been destroyed. Sometimes we are too, we are too shy about good things. Nowadays, people are not shy to declare on social media that they sleep with people's husbands to make money. Look at some things that people are bold to talk about. But we Christians at work when they ask you, hey, so this speaking in tongues thing, do you do some hey, me cry? Meanwhile, when you come to church, you are praying in tongues. What are you afraid of? Just because they call yourself a mommy. When they call yourself a mommy, for bishop crack. People shout when you pray. There are times we pray quietly, but there are times when we have to shout. We shout. When Jesus was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, you think he went and whispered? He said he screamed, "Lazarus, come forth!" Because he was dealing with a, a difficult situation. Four days dead, rigor mortis had taken place, autolysis. Worms have started entering the abdomen and entering the entrails. He shouted on top of his voice. Those who say they don't like preachers who shout. When you are a preacher, you are preaching, you shout, no, hey, hey, they switch off. Switch off. Who, who loses? Who loses? Look, 
Uh, uh, Christianity is not chinchang like that, though. It's not chinchang like that. When you read Jesus' account, you realize that Jesus wasn't some way about certain things. There was a day Jesus was speaking to his disciples. He had finished doing a very prophetic thing, washing their feet. And he was speaking to them. And the Bible said that Apostle John, whom Jesus loved, had his head on Jesus' bosom. Jesus is teaching on his head. Like it was a relaxed atmosphere. Spiritual but relaxed. Hallelujah. His head was relaxed. Can you imagine I'm having a meeting with my pastors? John was the youngest of the apostles. The, the youngest among us was Gideon. And Gideon has put his head on my chest and I'm, I'm ministering to them. He was relaxed. One time, one guy was arguing with me. He said, oh, these preachers, he mentioned, he said, Archbishop, he screams too much. I said, if he screams, close your ears. Just close your ears. If you don't want to listen, close your ears. No, 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 no. This is a, but Jesus was gentle. I said, show me the scripture. Show me the scripture that said Jesus was gentle. Like, it's an assumption. He was gentle in character. But when he came to doing spiritual things and dealing with demons, and principalities and powers there was no gentleness in it and me I can tell you that Jesus used to scream when preaching I can tell you and I'll prove it to you give me Luke chapter 5 verse 1 he used to shout Luke 5 1 he said one day as Jesus was preaching where on the shore of the sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word. Now, let's put the whole thing in perspective. He was preaching by the seashore. Have you seen a, a beach before? You see how much space there is? And the crowd was so big that they were pressing on him. It should tell you the number of people there. If a beach with so much space is crowded, it should tell you we are talking about tens of thousands of people. And the last time I checked, the microphone was invented in 1887. A crowd of possibly tens of thousands. And not just that, the service was at the seashore. Have you ever been to the beach before? Do you see how you have to shout when even you are talking to one person here? And I believe the apostles too were shouters because they were fishermen. You see, well, if you've ever talked to a fisherman before, they talk to you as if we are standing on the beach. They shout loud like that. I believe Jesus was screaming his lungs out to get the word to the people. So if you tell me he was gentle in his preaching, you are making a wrong assumption. But there are times when the word must be delivered gently. All I'm saying is that yield to the Holy Spirit when you are in a meeting. When God wants to move like a dove, he will move gently. But when the Holy Spirit, whose other symbol is fire, and God wants to move in a fiery way, allow the Holy Spirit to do his thing. The first time the Holy Spirit announced his presence in us, in the book of Acts, it wasn't a gentle affair. They were gathered with one accord. And look at the manifestations first. Not a breeze. But a mighty rushing wind. So we are talking about some hurricane or something. 
before it manifested as tongues of fire two very destructive things fire and a strong wind and they said the people who were looking at them they thought they were drunk people think they thought the apostles were drunk because they were speaking in languages they didn't expect them to speak if you are drunk you shouldn't be able to speak French which I know you don't know You should be speaking Boozman's language. They have their own way of saying things and expressing themselves. <laughs> but they were speaking languages they, did, they hadn't learned. No, that cannot be the reason why they thought they were drunk. They thought they were drunk because I believe these people were staggering in the spirit. They were drunk in the spirit. They were falling over each other. Chairs and tables were breaking. There are times when the Holy Ghost wants to move in a chaotic manner. There are times when the Holy Spirit doesn't want to be gentle. There are times when the Spirit of God wants to move in a magnificent way. And we must be open to any move of the Spirit. You must be moved to, to open to any move of the Spirit. So when you are in church, you must be open and ready. And why is it that these people, they like falling down? Thing when you fall down, it means you are spiritually immature. You say, Oh, she will grow out of it. You have grown out of it, you have backslidden out of it. You know, when you grow, you stop. Go and ask John, he could put his head on Jesus when Jesus was on earth, but when he encountered the glorified Jesus on the island of Patmos where he received the book of revelation he said when i saw him his hair was like wool his feet were like brass and i fell upon my face as if i was dead that's why in meetings sometimes people are carried away unconscious i've told you before i was in a meeting i was ministering and a cloud entered i'm not talking about a cloud in the spirit a cloud everybody could see with their eyes settled on the people like that and deliverances started taking place healing started taking place by the time i finished that service and i was giving the benediction about one quarter of the congregation were unconscious that they understood the scripture that said no man can see god and live people like rw shamba who will be preaching about the fire of the holy ghost and they'll do this and literal fire will come out of their hands that's what we call signs and wonders and ladies and gentlemen we are entering a realm of signs and wonders the doubters are too many people want logical proof but we are dealing with a god of signs and wonders it said as for me and the sons that god has given unto me we are for signs and wonders and these signs and wonders i'm talking about will not be limited to the church buildings they will not be limited to crusade grounds they will not be limited to revival meetings i'm talking about domestic manifestations of the power of god in your homes in your classrooms on the walls in the streets in the marketplaces where the power of god will be demonstrated he said in the last days i shall pour out my spirit upon all flesh my father and the lord reverend shudanaba said if you say you are anointed and the anointing doesn't manifest in your casual moments then you are not very anointed casual moments 
when you are just chatting with people when you are just at home with your family your son says i have the fever i say fever i rebuke you in the name of jesus christ of nazareth five minutes time he comes and he's jumping no paracetamol no proofing nothing the fever has broken somebody says i have a headache he said i rebuke this foul spirit of infirmity in the name of jesus christ of nazareth no worship no organ no drums nothing just the raw presence and the power of god he said they that know their god they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. Today I launch you into the realm of exploits. I launch you into a realm of the supernatural. I pray that a desire for the supernatural shall be welled up in your spirit today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hey, you must come to the point where you are tired of church as usual. You must be tired of Christianity as usual. You must be tired of spiritual things as usual. There are higher heights. There are deeper seas. There are deeper depths. There are higher and deeper realms in the word, in the spirit, in miracles, in signs and in wonders. Lift up your voice and pray. As you tap into a realm of the supernatural, a realm of the manifestation of God in your life like you have never seen before, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God, as for me and the sons that God has given unto me, we are for signs and we are for wonders. I pray that you will catch a certain fire today. You will catch a certain wind today. You will catch a certain mantle today. A certain hunger for the things of the spirit will come upon you like never before. A stirring, a quickening in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God. Difficult situations in your life will not stop you from worshiping God. When the difficult situations come and the enemy thinks he has you down, hey, that is when you lift up your voice and say, And I will not be silent, I will always worship the Lord. I will not let this situation bring me down. I'll not let the anxiety of this exam prevent me from worshiping my God. I will not let the anxieties and the troubles in my life prevent me from being regular in the presence of God. It doesn't matter what the devil throws at me. Hey, I shall not be down. Even when I'm down, I shall rise again because I am leaning by a pillar, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. He is my shield, he is my buckler. Hey, I lean by the strong rock of ages. The enemy can do his best, but I will not give up. The enemy can throw whatever he has at me, but I will not give up. I will not be distracted by the enemy for I lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help my help cometh from the Lord the maker of heaven and of earth 
It doesn't matter what situation life throws at me. I'm still a worshiper. I will still praise God. I will still worship God. I will still go to church. I will still go for prayer meetings. It doesn't matter how much pressure I am under in life. Hey, the Lord is still number one in my life. And the Lord is saying unto somebody, whatever the devil is throwing at you, I am by your side. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am holding your hand you shall finish the race hey don't think you have disappointed God don't think God is disappointed in you even in the moment when you are down he says I am the one who is the lifter up of your head hey thou oh Lord are a shield around me you are my glory and the lifter up of my head the Lord is lifting somebody's head the Lord is lifting somebody's head. I feel fire all over this place. From the north, the south, the east, the west. The Lord is saying, I'm strengthening you. I am strengthening you. Receive strength. Receive strength. Receive strength. You will not give up. You will not give up. The spirit of the warrior. The spirit of the conqueror. The spirit of the overcomer. Is upon your life today. It doesn't matter what. The devil has planned. It is the counsel of God. That shall remain. In the name of Jesus Christ. You will not give up your faith. You will not give up praying. Keep on believing. Keep on trusting. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Mental strongholds are falling apart. In Situations are turning around. Hey, he is with you. He is standing by your side. Through the difficult times. Through the hard times. Through the troubling times. In the desert he is with you. On the high seas he is with you. Through the sunshine he is with you. In the drought he is with you. On the desert he is with you. Through your trials. Through your temptations. 
He is one that sticketh closer than a brother. Ayakate is The Lord says, Lean on me. The Lord says, Lean on me. Trust not in the arm of flesh. Lean on me. Lean on me. Place your burdens upon me. My yoke is lighter. Ayakato. Cast your burdens. Hey, Hey, you will not give up the faith. Hey, you will cross the finishing line. Hey, you will not give up. You will not give up. Come and pray. Come and pray. Come and pray. Continue praying.
trust you have been blessed by this message. For more information, reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Overflow! Overflow!